Hey there, and welcome back to the Mini Weekend. I'm your host, Jack. Let's crack a beer and get the ball rolling, Mini. Wow, just here for the beer. Um, So I was actually looking, like I've told you guys, I've been doing a better job lately of going through the episodes and trying to keep things different and not doing the same thing over and over again and not even having the same beers over and over again. Notice we had been doing a lot of uh, IPAs, pale ales lately, so I wanted to shake things up and do something a little bit different tonight. So tonight, <coughs> excuse me, we're coming at you with a drink beer from Toppling Goliath Brewing Company, um, a brewery we've done before. They're actually located, <coughs> excuse me, down in Decorah or Decorah, Iowa. Um, it's technically off of Prosperity Road for those, um, listening from Southern Minnesota. Uh, it's right off of County Road West 42 and the main drag of, it looks like that's Highway or County Road 9, um, down there. And then for a little bit of a, um, more accurate description for the Minnesota listeners, it's about half hour straight south of Mabel, Minnesota, um, which Mabel is one of those uh, cities just north of the Minnesota-Iowa border. So that is where we're coming at you guys from tonight. And today we went with the Cherry Fandango Cherry Kettle Sour Beer. And I've got to say I'm pleasantly surprised. Um, I don't know if... This sour beer is any different than sour ales. Excuse me. Um, but not very sour. So, or tart even. So, I like it. I like this a lot. Um, once again, it was another can that caught my eye. It's a nice big piece of a cherry pie right on the front. Um... And it's good. I wouldn't say the cherry is over the cherry um, pie-ness flavoring of it. Isn't by any means overpowering. Uh, like I said, it's not tart. I guess the more I sip on it, the aftertaste is a little more sour and a little more tarty. Um, But yeah, I mean, overall, I like it. Um. Like I've mentioned before, I have never been to this brewery, never been down to, or I've been down to Iowa, but never um, down here. But guys, definitely got to go check them out if you live in the southern part of Minnesota, or even if you're just looking for um, a road trip, definitely got to go check this uh, brewery out. Like I said, we're finally in the Midwest here getting to nice um Weather, being able to sit outside, it looks like they have the their um, buildings almost like a warehouse uh, building-ish and really, really nice kind of area. They have a downstairs and a little bit of a um, upstairs um, inside, um, but similar to um, Surly in that there's a good amount of outdoor seating. Um, they have some food, food trucks that they have stopped by. I got to say, just looking through these um, uh, photos makes me want to go down to 
Iowa for a weekend and stop at a couple breweries and check some of these places out. So go check them out if you have. Um, let me know um, what you guys think of the place. Let me know what we should try next. I I really like this. As Like I said, I'm not really sure if there is a difference, if any, between sour beers and sour ales. But I'm pleasantly surprised by this. I would, honestly, I would go out of my way to get this again. Um, just from the simple fact that I'm not much of a sour beer, sour ale kind of person. Um, I don't know if I want to say it puts a damper on it, but I typically don't gravitate towards these, but I would go out of my way to get this one again. Um, what the heck? I am... I'll give it I'll give it an 8.4. I'll give it an 8.4. Like I said, it's not I haven't had a lot of sour ales. I don't think we've done a lot of them on the podcast here. Um and for the most part, it's the tartness that just kind of time and time again excuse me, gets me. Um and kind of makes me steer away, but I like it. It's smooth. It's got a good cherry pie taste. Um, nothing is really overbearing. I almost in the after taste of it get a little bit of cinnamon. Perfect. This would be a perfect drink or beer in the fall. Um, go check it out for those that are interested. Goliath Brewing, uh, they do have, or Topland Goliath Brewing, they have their website, tgbrews.com. You can get, um, merch it looks like they're hiring go check out their events calendar all that fun stuff um and then their uh hours are monday excuse me through thursday 11 a.m to 9 p.m fridays and saturdays 11 a.m to 10 p.m and sundays 10 a.m to 9 excuse me pretty burpee so yes uh go Go check them out, and if you have, let me know what you guys, what your overall consensus is. Then, uh, now on to Tommy Town for you guys. So, the St. Thomas volleyball team actually released its 2023 schedule earlier today, which includes 12 home matches and an early non conference tournament at Shenaker Arena. Um, a direct quote from Thon Fam here. He said, I'm excited about the challenges, head coach of the team, sorry. I'm excited about the challenges our pre-conference schedule will bring, highlighted by our first home tournament as a D1 institution. We will see teams both new and familiar, and I cannot wait to see how our growth continues to improve against our regional competition leading up to Summit League play. So, needless to say, he is fired up and he is ready to go. St. Thomas will actually open its season with a four pre with four pre-conference tournaments um, beginning at the end of August, the 25th to the 26th at the UIC tournament in Chicago against UIC, Lindenwood, and Oakland. The Tommies will then open action in Shenaker Arena the following weekend, August 31st to September 2nd with a tournament against Montana State, Cal Baptist, and Milwaukee. And then the Tommies will wrap up non-conference season with tournaments um, September 8th and 9th in Chicago and September 14th and 15th in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Summit League play will start for the Tommy Volleyball team September 21st at Omaha and 
September 23rd at Denver before returning to St. Paul on September 26th to host Oral Roberts. The Purple will then continue a three-match homestand on September 28th against North Dakota and September 30th against North Dakota State. St. Thomas will face each of the Summit League's nine programs twice this year once again, including home matches on October 19th against Denver, October 21st against Omaha, and October 31st, Halloween versus Kansas City. Um, the entire 2023 volleyball schedule can be found at TommySports.com. Coming into the season, head coach Than Pham enters his 21st season leading into the uh, with the program coming into the season. Uh, along with him, Emma Goringer and Tezra Rudnisk return after selections to the 2022 Summit All League All-Freshman team. And Laura Lauren Galvin, a 2021 Summit League All-Freshman team selection, returns for her junior season after leading the squad in kills and service aces and total seven double doubles in 2022 so super exciting for them only a couple more months to wait until we get to see this still young team in action um as for the volleyball team uh, we only have um uh recaps for you on the softball and baseball team so Last week, the Tommy softball team was actually in action five times, only managing to pick up one win in the second game of a doubleheader in Green Bay. This past week saw the Tommies hosting a three-game series against the North Dakota State Bison, in which they got swept. Sunday was a doubleheader game, uh, one they lost 0-5 to in a game that saw Ella Cook hold the Bison scoreless in her first three innings. Unfortunately, the Tommy batters were up against some great pitching as well, only um, able to register three hits, two of them coming from freshman Avery Wukowitz. Game two was a lot of the same for the Tommies, unfortunately, as they only registered four hits in game two um, in the six-inning shutout, while Isabel True picked up the loss in only 3.2 innings pitched. This game junior, Katie Goals, was a hit leader, hitting two singles for the Tommy. However, um, on Monday in the series finale, the Tommies would pick up their fourth straight loss, but were able to get the offense going against this tough Bison team as they managed nine hits and two runs in a 2-6 to six loss. The Tommies would tie the game at two in the second inning off a of Corin Jacobson sack fly and an Abby Sterling RBI single. Kiara Murphy picked up her team-leading 12th uh, loss in her 6.1 innings pitched. That saw her give up nine hits, but strike out three in the series finale. The Tommies then traveled to Green Bay for a doubleheader on Tuesday the 25th. That saw the Tommies and the Phoenix split a pair of extra inning games. Game one saw the Tommies lose 4-3 to three in eight innings, despite a Brooke Ellisted RBI single and a Katie Goals RBI double in the top of the eighth. Ella Cook picked up the loss in by only pitching the one extra inning. But Game 2 saw St. Thomas pull off a come-from-behind win, heading into the sixth inning down 4 nothing. The Tommies would get a Sydney Mickett RBI triple, a two-run double from Ella Cook, and a run off of a wild pitch to tie the game at 4. Then, in the top of the eighth, Corin Jacobson would hit the game-winning in the game-winning run, Ella Cook also got it done on the mound in this game, picking up her third win of the year, pitching the entire game 
while striking out 11 in four straight scoreless innings to end the game. Next up for the Tommy Softball team, they will be um, hit in action hitting the road for their final away series of the year in Vermilion, South Dakota against the University of South Dakota Coyotes. Saturday will be a doubleheader with games at noon and 2, and the series finale will be on Sunday the 30th at 11 a.m. The softball team enters their last six games of the season with a conference record of 4-10 and 10 and an overall record of 16-31, and 31, currently occupying the sixth seed in the Summit League standing. So we hope they're able to string some wins these last two weekends and um, have some fun and maybe win a game in the Summit League um, conference tournament. Uh, as for the St. Thomas baseball team, they were in action uh, four times uh, this last week. Unfortunately, losing all four games. Um, they got swept by South Dakota State three games to nothing. And then just yesterday picked up a loss in Minneapolis against the Minnesota Golden Gophers four to nine. Um, Sunday, they played in a doubleheader in Brooking, South Dakota against, excuse me, the Jackrabbits. Gosh, excuse me. This beer is, despite how good it is, is making me very burpy, so I apologize. Um, St. Thomas managed to get 10 hits in game one of the doubleheader, but unfortunately fell um, eight or five to eight in the loss. Uh, the Tommies gave up five innings between the first two innings to the Jackrabbits. Um, and then tried to play a little catch-up as they were able to make it a 4-5 to five game after the fifth inning. However, uh, South Dakota State was able to pull away um, for the game one win. Uh, despite, excuse me, despite uh, 5.2 strong innings from Colby Gartner that saw him give up only six hits with six runs, but striking out five in the process. Game two was a little bit different as the Tommies struggled to get really any offense going as they were shut out seven to nothing. They only managed three hits. Excuse me. And those came from Briggs, Richard, uh, Joe Roeder, and Ben Vucevic. Um, and in game two, excuse me, Walker Retz picked up his fourth loss of the season in 5.2 innings. He gave up seven runs while striking out six um however in the season finale um sorry why am i uh evan esh set a record for strikeouts in a single game um as he would strike out 11 in six innings pitched uh, South Dakota State would score early, allow, um, getting making it a one nothing game in the first inning. Excuse me. And then Ben Taxtall would hit a solo home run in the fourth inning to tie it at one. And in the final bottom of the ninth inning, relief pitcher Duke Corbin would give up the game-winning run despite the strong outing from Evan Ash. 
Um, and then, like I mentioned just yesterday, the um, uh, the Tommies lost to the Gophers um, four to nine, despite having a brief three to two lead over them. Yes, you heard that correctly. Minnesota would jump on the board with a home two-run home run in the first inning, and in the top of the second, the Tommies would score three runs on an Eck. Uh, RBI single and an O'Donnell um, fielder's choice and uh, another error from the Gophers giving up those three runs. Unfortunately, uh, a solo a solo RBI single from Ben Vucevic in the fourth inning would be about all the offense they would muster up. Against the uh, Golden Gophers, it was Bryce Lidl who would pick up the um, loss as he only pitched for 1.1 innings. Um, he walked six and struck out one while also giving up eight runs. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, weren't able to get a whole lot going. But the good news for this baseball team is they have a little bit more of a season to go than the softball team does. Uh, this upcoming week, they will only be in action for one series. They will host Omaha of... Nebraska for a three-game series. Friday, tomorrow, they will be in action at 3 p.m. Saturday, they will be in action at 1. And Sunday, they will wrap up the series at 1 p.m. as well. And that is what we have this week for the Tommy Town. As for the Minnesota Twins, uh, this last week, seven days, saw um, a lot of ups and downs for the team. Uh, for starters, um, down, they lost the first game of this last week to the Washington Nationals. Um, currently, this week, uh, coming into this podcast, they went 4-3, and three, so they dropped two to the Washington Nationals. Bailey Ober picked up his first win in the final game, avoiding the sweep to the Nationals. But arguably the best thing that happened to this team this week, um, they hosted the New York Yankees for the final three games against them in the season um, with splitting in New York earlier in the month, two games to two. Uh, the Twins won the first game 6-1. to Slinny Gray picked up his third win. And then the second game got Joe Ryan, his team-leading fifth win of the season, and by just winning that game, and even though we lost the last game, it secured the series, the season series win for the Twins over the New York Yankees, something the Twins haven't managed to do since 2001, and when finding this out, I wanted to kind of look at these two teams, and truthfully, hopefully, the team doesn't replicate what the 2001 team did, that team had an okay subpar year. They finished fifth in the division. So hopefully that doesn't happen. Um, but always, always good to pick up a series, you know, win or season series win over the Yankees, um, especially a year where a lot of teams are thinking or a lot of people are under the assumption they're one of the teams to beat in the American League. Um, so again, not playing them a ton seven games, but um, by losing that last game, 12-6, to six, uh, or 6-12, to 12, keeping Mayeda uh, winless on the year, um, winless on the year, um, you know, it secured that win, and anytime you can beat the Yankees is a good thing, um, and truthfully, I think it's, I think it's a good thing that the Twins are sitting 
at a decent, okay, 15, uh, 15 and 11 record rather than, excuse me, um, rather than being a league best 21 and 5 or even 18 and 8. Because as we know in Minnesota, as good as this team looks right now, it is never good when people expect us to do great things. When people, ex- when we're a great team and people expect us to do great things, the opposite happens. And when people don't expect anything from us, that's usually when we surprise people. So you kind of want to, if you're Minnesota fans, um, you kind of want to see the uh, our sports teams kind of flutter around uh, the middle area, if anything, uh, you know, flirting a little bit above 500, which... Which is what they're doing, and for those that maybe aren't aware, the team is currently two and a half uh, first in the division. They got two and a half games on Cleveland, uh, five on Detroit, eight on Chicago, and nine on Kansas City. Which um, the team just earlier um, today kicked off their uh, four-game um, hosting Kansas City Royals and beat them seven to one. So. Yeah, and then, you know, talk about ups and downs. So in that 12-6 to 6 loss, Kent Maeda picked up his fourth loss on the season. Um, he was complaining about muscle discomfort uh, in the top of his right arm during that loss. Um, so I guess the bad news with regards to that, he left early. Um, but the good news is uh, it came back, what, I think just yesterday or earlier today, sorry, that um, there was an MRI done. There's no structural damage in his elbow. Um, There's, you know, it looks like there's a little bit of inflammation and he'll probably be put on the 10-day IL. Um, You know, so it's it's not great news uh, because you'd love to see this guy get back in there and uh, get the monkey off his back and get his first win. But at the same time, it doesn't look like he's poised to be anywhere near a 60 or 90 day um, IL or anything like that. So um, that is uh, that is good news um, for the Twins. Um, you know, we're kind of getting to you know the heart of the season for them. You know, May, June, July here, um, especially for the first half. So uh, they'll be playing and in action at 3:10 tomorrow. Uh, Saturday and Sunday uh, won 10 games, uh, those three against the Kansas City Royals. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday will be in Chicago taking on the White Sox. Tuesdays and Wednesdays game will be at 6-10. And then uh, Thursdays will be before the next podcast. It'll be at 1-10 and can be watched on ESPN+. Plus. So, um, I mean, yeah, onward and upward. I mean, you look at this team and, um, you know, between that between that Boston and Washington series, um, they went, you know, two and uh, two and four, which isn't a great sight to see. But since starting that uh, homestand against uh, the New York Yankees at the end of the Washington season, you carry that into it, and this team has won, you know, four of their last five games. So again, especially in and, and we've talked about this before, but in an MLB season, you try not to get too high and you try not to get too low just because it is such a long season. And this is counting on the fact that your team doesn't start off 0-25 or 25-0. and 0. Um, 
because in those situations it would be pretty hard not to get really low or really high. Um, but I expect this team to keep on keeping on and, um, you know, hopefully continue to do good things. Um, so up next uh, for you guys, we have a little bit of updates on NHL and NBA playoffs. Unfortunately, uh, the Wild are playing in Game 6 tomorrow night and are hoping to stave off elimination as they lost Game 5 in Dallas 4 to nothing. Um, just an overall, uh, poor, poor game. You know, we've talked a lot about on this podcast about, um, I don't like, I never like being the guy that blames the refs because there's a lot that has to be said that, um, you know, if you're a good team, you should be putting yourself in a position to win regardless of, you know, referees and regardless of whistles and all that kind of stuff. And this team is definitely has definitely not done this the last two games after holding a 2-1 uh, series lead. Um, and if I'm being completely honest, watching these last two games has been pretty tough. I think this team has kind of gotten pretty complacent with winning two of the first three games, uh, especially one in Dallas. Now at this point, they're going to have to win tonight and then go to Dallas and win a game seven where the Dallas crowd is going to be rocking and not to say we can't win this game, uh, a game seven, if it gets to that, but it's going to be tough. It's not going to be a cakewalk. Um, and then, you know, after that series, you know, you look at having to play the, uh, the Seattle Kraken or the Colorado Avalanche, um, and that'll be a dog fight of a series too. So yeah, I, um, I think, you know, for the, um, for the, um, uh, playoffs or for the NHL playoffs, anyways. Um, I'm trying to double check, but I don't think anybody has um, advanced yet. Um, advanced yet? You got um, you got Boston and uh, Florida. The Panthers won a critical game. Um, a critical game five um, with that series, um, with Boston leading that series three to two, who I had um, Boston actually winning that game. So this will be a six or seven game series. Um, you know, next up you got the, uh, obviously the Wild in Dallas. Um, I told, I took, I know I took um, the Wild in this series in six or seven games, and that still holds hopefully to be true. Uh, and then you got Carolina holding a 3-2 lead over the Islanders. Um, so, you know, I'm banking on tomorrow night, uh, Carolina being able to win that game. Uh, then you got, I had the Rangers over the Devils. And um, uh, currently the Devils are up in this series with, an, with the ability to go up 3-2. Um, and um, Kings, I had Kings over the Oilers in... Uh, in six uh, tomorrow night, um, or no, not tomorrow night, but uh, Saturday night, they will be in action, and Edmonton will be looking to advance and spoil that for me. And then the last one, I think we haven't even talked about uh, Toronto and Tampa. Toronto has the ability to advance um, tomorrow night, Friday. Nope, uh, they're playing right. Or Tampa Bay is forcing Toronto to a game six in Tampa, um, and then. 
Uh, the last one being the Seattle Kraken are up three games to two on the Avalanche going to um, Seattle. So that should be a good series. Um, I had somebody ask me, you know, what's what's the key to the Wild winning this uh, winning this game six and forcing a game seven? And truthfully, um, I think the first thing, and it's it's easy to say this in the playoffs, but I think they uh, Dean Everson's got to shake things up. He's got to shake things up. I think um, you know you're already talking about uh, Pavelski being able to come back for Game Six. Um, it sounds like um, there's we we may be recalling some guys to come up um, for. Um, Game, uh, for the game um, with the possibility of Matt's um, being injured and I can't remember the other one um, but yeah I think bottom line this team this team's got to start playing not only physical but they've got to start getting a little pep in their steps this last game again 0-4 against the Stars it sucked that that had to happen with Polino that early on in the game um, but unfortunately you're a professional athlete. You need to be able to put that behind you and play and to, to the best of your ability. And we just looked lethargic. We looked lost. Um, and after that first, um, after that first uh, power play goal, we let up. We looked like the um, uh, the Ryan Suter and Zach Parisi led wild. Where once we got behind in a game, we just uh, we're gonna lose. And it's just a piss poor attitude. Um, I'll say it again. Um, what denotes a successful season this year for the Wild is winning a series. So anything less than winning tonight and then winning um, on, um, or sorry, winning tomorrow night and then winning on, I think it would be Sunday, um, would be a unsuccessful season. It would be a bad season um, and um, already starting to look forward to next season. But um yeah, hopefully Kirill, hopefully Boldy, hopefully some of these guys can kind of get get things going. Um, get things going tomorrow night and uh, bring home a game six victory uh, for us. As for the NBA playoffs, before we get too much into the actual playoffs itself, um, a lot of people hit me up with um, with the Wolves losing um, with the Wolves losing uh, game. Five in Denver, and truthfully, I am ten times more surprised that the Miami Heat um, upset the Miami uh, the the uh, Milwaukee Bucks than I am that we lost in five games. I talked before this about us having the ability to take Denver to six, seven games. I didn't say it was necessarily going to happen. I mean, you look at that first game; we lost by thirty points. Um, so it's um. You know, progressively as the series went on, we were able to keep games closer. Um, but obviously, not having um, Anderson for Game Five, not having uh, Nas Reed and Jaden McDaniels for the playoffs sucked. Um, but the bottom line is, uh, this team just needs to get better. Um, a, a lot of people ask me what um, what I think this team needs to do to get better, and I'm still kind of in the works of trying to get that, and I'm going to have an answer for you guys on that next week. Um, but, yeah. But, um, 
Yeah, I mean, for obviously there was high hopes for this uh, Wolves team coming into the season. Um, just with the trade we were able to make with, uh, you know, the progressions of Anthony Edwards and Jude McDaniels. Um, and um, all that kind of stuff. It's it's frustrating, but once they kind of got to the point where they did, once Cat missed all those games, you just kind of wanted to see them make the playoffs again and make things interesting. Um, and I'm not going to lie, watching, you know, games, you know, what was that, games uh, three, four, and five, there were glimpses of hope. There were glimpses of good things. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, I'm glad we avoided the sweep by all costs. Um but, um, yeah, so onward and uh, upward, obviously, you know, an unfortunate end to the season. Um, but that's just the way the cookies crumble sometimes. Um, like I said, super, super surprised the Miami Heat defeated the Milwaukee Bucks. They actually become the first team um, since the start of the playing tournament, which was, what, not last year, but the year before that, I believe. Um, to actually win a playoff series. So hats off to them. Obviously, you know, it, it benefited them with not having um, with Giannis uh, playing limited minutes in that first game. Uh, and then I still can't believe the Bucks found a way to win despite not having Giannis in game two. Um, but they just, they played great. Like I said, playoff Jimmy is just something else. And it's something um, the Knicks are going to have to try to contain um, and then obviously after that happened, um, or not only did that happen, Philadelphia swept the 76ers. No surprise there. Um, like we talked about before the series, that I think that um, was, we talked about that just being the most impartial one. Um, another big surprise, the um, New York Knicks beat the Cavs in five games, which was <clears throat> surprising to me. Once again, I had the Cavs winning this actually in seven um, Jalen Brunson, uh, RJ Barrett, Julius, uh, Julius, uh, I was going to say Irving, uh, Randall, just too much for this team to try to contain. Um, and then obviously the latest one just, um, excuse me, what was it? Uh, just, uh, earlier tonight, uh, Boston beat Atlanta eight points. Uh, so all the... All four of the teams um, in the semifinals, um, you know, I picked what I picked, you know, three of the four. So not not a bad start. Um, and then the Western Conference still has, um, you know, a lot to play out, obviously, other than the Denver Nuggets. Um, the Lakers are hosting the Memphis Grizzlies tonight and hope to close that out or tomorrow night. Sorry, I don't know. Um, tomorrow night. Uh, and hope to close that out in uh, six games like I had predicted. Um, the Golden State Warriors have a 3-2 lead, hoping to close out the Kings uh, tomorrow night as well. Um, and then just earlier this week, to the Phoenix Suns, uh, a matchup between the Phoenix Suns and um, Denver Nuggets are set to start um, this week too. So lots of, lots of fun um, basketball coming up. Um, and things to look forward to. Um, so yeah, and, and, and I kind of always forget the NHL and NBA are a little different. The NHL waits for all series to be over before starting up series. Um, 
And the first, what is it? The first, um, uh, the first second round series, um, is getting started this Saturday. And there's a chance that there could be some game sevens on Sunday. So I kind of always forget that. So, um, something to keep in mind. So yeah, first second round series will be between Phoenix and Denver. And that will be on, on Saturday at 7.30, Denver will host Phoenix in that best of seven series. Um, and then the last topic, wrapping up this uh, podcast for you guys tonight, um, this um, draft, <clears throat> I have to say this this draft, will, uh, this first day of the draft was a little anticlimactic for me just from the standpoint of I thought, the, I thought two things were going to happen. I thought the Vikings would for sure find a way to trade up and get a QB. But I thought they would also, by the end of day one, find a way to get more draft picks. Um, and neither happened. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, um, sorry, uh, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm not happy with our pick. I think, um, I think it's Jaden Addison. Uh, I think he's going to be a stud. I think you put him, he, he is one of, on Mel Kuyper's big board, he was one of um, four wideouts that are uh, NFL ready, ready to go and all that good stuff. So super excited to see him in action. Um, I'm not only excited, but honestly a little bit anxious, you know, to see what happens um, in these uh, next coming days. Obviously, um, obviously tomorrow night is rounds two and three, and then Saturday wraps up four through seven. But I'd love for this team to get more draft picks. Um, you know, we don't have a second round pick. I was talking to a friend before hopping on this podcast. I'd love to see this team draft into the top ten to be able to get a Will Levis or a Hendon Hooker um, QB for the future. Um, and part of the reason I'm kind of hoping they do that for one of these two is twofold. One, there is not a ton of high-profile QBs coming into the draft next year that I really think we should draft next year. And part of that is because um, I don't know that there's going to be any that are NFL-ready right away. And secondfold, the QBs that are set to be unrestricted free agents in 24 are slim pickings. We're talking like... Um, we're talking guys like uh, Trubisky, um, Trubisky, uh, Jacoby Brissett. I mean, it's 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 not it's not a good um, unrestricted free agent class. So I'm really hoping they're able to get into the second round, especially that uh, that top that like top third, and like I said, hopefully get a Will Levis or a Hendon Hooker, and um, things going from there. So. Um, yeah, be patient with me, guys. I'm, I'm working with my uh, the mini weekends uh, draft um, analyst uh, who will either be on next week or two weeks from tonight to kind of go over um, everything that went down, obviously tonight and then the next uh, and then the coming days as well. Um, but also keep your eyes peeled. Usually, sometime um, I believe it's usually sometime in May when the NFL schedule comes out. And lastly, before we let you guys go, it is official. Aaron Rodgers is out of the NFC North, which means I truly believe um, the worst the Vikings will do in division play this year is 5-1. and one. 
will sweep will 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 beat the Packers two games, will beat Chicago two games, and will split with the uh, Detroit home and home. So that is what will happen. And I will leave you guys with remember this podcast is about you guys, the listeners. If you have a topic you want me to address or a question you want me to answer, please reach out on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, or by emailing us. Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram handles are at mini weekend, and email is mini weekend at gmail.com. That's M I N N Y W E E K E N D at gmail.com. And be sure to let us know if you'd like to stay anonymous with your questions as well. Also, find us and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter where there are giveaways and you can stay up to date on all things Mini Weekend. And lastly, make sure you hit that subscribe button to get notified of the new episode as soon as it comes out. Until next time, Mini.